11 minutes it is before 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. We now take a look at the big stories in the marketplace in the world of money and power. And uh, Makwe Masilela, Chief Investment Officer and Founder at uh, uh, Makwe Fund Managers, is my guest this evening. Makwe, who's at Bruvatseje? Sweet Namkataka, does it my outfit? Ah, safe, man. Safe, my brother. Safe, my brother. Can't complain. Makwe? Let's start here with the road accident fund. I mean, I was talking to my Ama Kesha earlier on, and uh, we're encouraging people, you know, pay out They must not just, you know, where it becomes just a massive, you know, uh, gluttony and all manner of other things. But I guess there's a bigger issue there because the same message uh, might have to be extended to the administrators and the people who run the road accident fund. Uh, but I guess they got some reprieve here from the international accounting standards. How does this work? No, the way you account for some items, the way you account for some expenses, you know, it gets to be different. Remember, the world has been using GAP, and I think the U.S. are still sticking to GAP. But yes, most of us have moved to these new standards. And it's a question how you account for things. So it's more of an accounting entry more than any other thing that maybe your expenses have to be accounted maybe within a certain period. You have to match them with certain uh, liabilities at that particular period. So it's more of trying to be smart about the accounting Mm. issue, but the real essence of the business still remains the same. If you have been making money, real hard cash in the bank, it should still show. So it's more of an accounting into uh, more than any other thing. But yes, it's something new as most people have been used and have learned a lot about mm. GAP. Sure, sure. And I, and I guess, you know, uh, the, the point you're making is a very important one, which is, you know, at the end of the day, you know, these are the guys who have certain assets. I mean, their assets would be, I guess, the money that comes straight through from the fuel levy and where else maybe interest and dividends they might get from whatever investments they would have. But the key issue is around their liability mix, which is around sort of paying out lawyers' fees, costs, but more importantly, paying out the beneficiaries uh, who get into accidents in the society. And I'm interested in your view, Mark, around, you know, uh, what the issue might be around that. Uh, and whether or not this changes that in, in any material way. I mean, when we see 305 billion, you know, we sit up. Does that mean now there's 305 billion rand more money to pay out uh, to some of the claims that might be outstanding? What does it mean? Not really, because the way they've been accounting for their liabilities, they've been accounting them more like an insurance company. Mm. So now they've changed. They are now accounting for that as more of a social benefit, which personally I struggle to understand because RAF is not a social benefit. RAF is more of a claim that you make a claim against your insurance, as we know, that you are contributing towards that every time we buy petrol. So now the way they're accounting for all that, instead of using what they've been using, accounting for that more of an insurance company or insurance claim, is more of a social benefit. Hence, you see that huge reduction of almost 90 uh, billion. But I mean, of 90%, you know, that over 300 billion that they're saying have now been reduced to just over 28 or so billion. Mm. But the truth be told, if we have to say, let's close shop today, how much exactly, guys, is your liability out of this whole issue, then it will still show 
that huge amount. So it's just a question of when do you account for things. It is still there. It's only the question that is not being accounted for now. Mm-hmm. Now, now, and I think that's an important point to make because notwithstanding that accounting treatment, there also have been things that have been happening here. I mean, they've managed to, I guess, reduce their cost base somewhat. Um, and uh, uh, we care about all of these things, Mark, because all of their contingent liabilities are a major part of the bigger mix of, uh, uh, you know, the debt mix in our society and uh, the guaranteed debt. Uh, by you and me, effectively, the taxpayer. Definitely. And you see also of a concern here, I don't understand why the guys have a finance cost. Because my understanding of finance cost is when you have borrowed money and then you have cost, you know, when you repay that money so that they reduce their finance cost, I didn't expect them to have finance cost. Mm. And maybe it's because one didn't have access to those statements. But other things, you, ex- you ask yourself, how do they exist? And it's true to some extent, the arguments that they're making that, listen, you are here to pay, you know, the claims. And out of that 48 or 43 billion that they're getting, that thing, 60% goes towards paying claims. But there's a 25% that goes towards legal fees. And anyway, the guys are arguing that come what may, 98% of the chances we settle. So we shouldn't be having this huge legal fee. And you are right, reducing administrative costs by almost 7%, they can do better. But I think it's a good start. But truth be told, it will be how people interpret and see whether on the government side, as you said, that we stand as taxpayers, you know, mm. when it comes to those contingencies that are we really convinced, especially the rating agents, how do they see that? Does that lessen the, what to call it, the government's contingencies, as you said, is the second one after uh, the one from Telco, mm. I mean, sort of from ESCO. Yeah, it's uh, certainly one of the interesting ones that we're going to watch quite closely, Makwe, uh, as, uh, you know, the, I guess, developments unfold uh, coming in the next few months or so, you know, is the medium-term budget statement. And they'll certainly say a few things about the road accident fund. But another entity that uh, we know something will be said about is Danel. Now, that's our aerospace and defense manufacturer. And, uh, yeah, at some stage, I guess, one of the uh, most coveted uh, aerospace and defense companies in the world. Uh, it seems now they are staving off, yeah, challenges from all sides. I mean, Saab Grintek here trying to get them liquidated and they're saying, we're going to fight. But what are they fighting? Uh, 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 now you want to liquidate, Chief? Uh, 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 let's continue that decent, uh, discussion that we've been having about yes. accounting standards. You sure, know. sure. Uh, when do we liquidate you? When are we saying you have to liquidate you? That's when your liabilities are far more than your assets. assets yeah. The guys, as we know, they've been struggling to pay salaries. Ah, the but guys, that, that order book, of, Chief, I mean, 11 billion. Yeah, but so, now, like, could no, mail order book, 11 billion. Yeah, but, but that's my point. I'm saying you as a shareholder, people have 11 billion part mm. of, or, of work, but they cannot raise money. Right to fulfill that, mm. but wait, it's not supposed to be like that. Why did we take money as government 
to give to the likes of FAA. Mm-hmm. The guys wouldn't even have any order book or whatsoever, Eesh. but you use that money to settle mainly the bankers to make sure that this whole thing gets to be restructured. We're not saying you're not supposed to help FAA as an example. Why do you take that money mm-hmm. and help Dinel to continue to make money and out of that money, Dinel pays you back and then you take that money to SAA? Why didn't you defer? You know, that bail out is an example example of SAA. Yeah. To say, listen, SAA will come to you in the next eight months or so. We need to use this 11 or whatever billion to go and help Dinel. And anyway, Dinel will be making money. Mm. Because it doesn't help. And it becomes a problem when we have to fund you or bail you out. And it goes towards your working capital. You know, it's all well and good to give you money because you have to satisfy an order because you've got some order to 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 to, to deliver on. Mm. Then it makes sense because that also tells us that you'll be able to repay us. Exactly, buddy. And then you are left with something. So I find it very, 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 very ah, difficult. And let alone the issue of salaries. Yeah. I mean, why didn't the government do that? And it goes back to what we've seen with the likes of land bank. You wait for them to default. To de- default, people want to take them to court. Then you jump in as government. Mm. So, Mr. Like, how will government get involved in this instance? Will government pay the likes of ASF uh, so that they don't get the guys to be liquidated? But you still have that other issue to make sure that why don't you give them the working capital to satisfy that order? Then the guys can be uh, operate as a uh, as an entity which is making money. Mm. Oh, I I don't know, man, you know, because I think that's the argument you're making. I mean, every state-owned entity that's been given any bailout, a conditional bailout, you know, even the one we are in now, has had to commit in very meaningful ways to generating free cash flows that would ensure that they don't need another bailout. And now you have an entity, 11 billion rand order book, um, in a critical sort of industrial and R&D sector of our economy. And we can have a debate around sort of the manufacture sure. of arms and the sale of arms, and uh, and I think those are relevant debates to have. But here's an entity that already has orders. Why and can't I you capitalize it? Exactly. And I'm saying, you know, people who make this kind of decisions, they really have to come and account at the end of the day. Because whoever makes those kind of decisions, there's a huge opportunity cost. Hmm. And I'm also because scared, I mean, about the national security implications, Markwe, of liquidating exactly. a aerospace and a defense company that... Unless, unless if you don't have all the info, you know, uh, there's more serious stuff. There's something into this whole thing that we are not aware of. Yeah. But if it's as simple as they make it look that here we are, this is our situation, then it, it's not even record size. Uh, yeah. that please give the guys money, capitalize them, let them deliver on those orders. And the good thing, they're not just going to be sustainable. Mm. They'll pay you back. Hey, maybe, Makwe, there's things we don't know, as you rightfully say, man. I want to hear, you, maybe just before we let you go, Makwe, some of your views on the GDP numbers Q1 that came out earlier on today. Uh, a lot of people, I guess, saying, yeah, you know, this means the economy is on a good footing. I don't know. Maybe, Makwe, I'm reading another set of numbers. Um, but I don't know if I should be too happy with the mining and the quarrying sector leading the charge when I know how volatile commodity prices can be. I agree with you. And also, I'm not too sure that we should be happy because of household consumption. Mm. Because remember, 
South Africa is an open economy. So the question is, whatever that we know that over 60% of our economy is driven by consumer demand. Sure. But the question here is, uh, we've got imports coming into the country. So probably me and you have been supporting those other countries, mm. buying, buying from them. I think what's of concern, and I think because we've been very desperate for good news and for the fact that it didn't uh, surpass market expectations, also is better than what Treasury uh, expected and also better than what mm. South African Reserve Bank expected. Hence, maybe the celebration. But if you look at the gross fixed capital formation, hey, it's worrisome because hey, it decreased by, by 2.6%. And those are the kind of investments that you want, Aya, people to invest, not this hot money that we deal with mm. on the exchange, that people today buy bonds, sell bonds, buy stocks, sell stocks. We need people to come and start. Uh, sure, in fact, even sure. before you think of inviting people to come to our country, remember 2018-2019, there was a report showing that domestic that money into yeah. the economy, expand to economies, you know, and mm. what is it that needs to happen for you to be able to put in that money? Then the government should address those kind of exactly. issues. Because those are the kind of things I personally, and I think you agree with me, that mm. are sustainable and going to at least give us our economy yeah. that kind of footing that we're looking for. And you know, Marco, just as we wrap up, I mean, I agree with you. It's the basic stuff. The water, the roads, yeah. the electricity, making sure, yeah, you know, as, as image is bad in the middle of nowhere. But if you look at minus 4% growth in uh, machinery and other equipment, when it comes to cross-fixed capital formation. Uh, it's a gutting figure. But uh, we'll pick that up, Tinamakwe, with Rusenga Maluleke from Stats SA under the microscope. But as always, my brother, Alice Doli. Makwe Masilela, the Chief Investment Officer and Founder at Makwe Fund Managers, helping us for our business wrap.